Millennials, we are the logged on generation. We have smartphones in our hands all day, every day. Recorded in London, I'm Charlie Braids and I'm producing this episode of the podcast to discuss the internet and whether it's good for us. tip to our co-founders Caroline and Hannah who aren't with us today. You're stuck with me and my fellow TV producer friend Ruby Pabani. Ruby, initial thoughts on the internet. Can you imagine a world without the internet? No, not now. We've gone too far. Would have thought it would have been, would have been when I met you on my space and got picked as a friend. It's such a beast, the internet. It's yeah. so huge. It's like we can't even talk about it in concise little bits yeah. because there's so much of it. It's just so vast. Also, it makes me a bit creepy. sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's completely overwhelming. Yeah, I feel totally overwhelmed daily by it. Yeah, it's too much. But I find it a bit creepy that you can't touch the internet. <laughs> what do you mean? You can't touch it. Yeah, like, it doesn't physically really touch exist. it, right? Yeah. Interestingly, the average 18 to 33-year-old touches their smartphone 85 times a day and is online for about five hours. So that is a third of our time that we are, we are awake. That's mental. Did you realise that you touch your phone that much? No, it's really worrying. I probably touch myself less, let alone anyone else. I know I am. Sometimes I catch myself just looking, scrolling through my phone and I'm like, oh, whoa, I've just lost half an hour. Yeah. Because I think there is that assumption that if you've got your head planted in your, like, your smartphone that you're, you're doing something really stupid. So aside from pornography, which is easily the most watched thing online, video sites like YouTube have taken over like the place of, I guess, traditional TV. 13 to 24-year-olds are watching more YouTube than traditional television. They watch an average of 11.3 hours of free online video per week from sites like YouTube. Yeah, that is a lot. There's a lot of just streaming, but actually, I probably do the same. Do you? How many videos do you watch on people's Facebook pages? Or if someone shares something on Twitter that you're vaguely interested in, you'll sit down and watch it. Yeah, I've done this, I've started doing this thing at work where I go to the toilet and I take my phone and I, I take my headphones and I watch videos on the toilet at work because I don't want people to see me doing it at my desk. I really, I sometimes find it a bit embarrassing when people are like, have you seen this video? You'd really like it and I haven't already seen it. FOMO. What's FOMO? Fear of missing out. Okay, yeah, I'm total FOMO. That's Everyone gets FOMO, yeah. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's normal, FOMO. It's like a big thing and it's sad, but it's true. And actually working in our industries, you do want to know that stuff. So we're both TV producers and it does worry me that we're working in a kind of a dying industry. Oh. Does it worry you? I don't know. I think you'll remember when we were we were working on the same show when BBC Three announced that they were moving online. Oh yeah, you and were entire, well up for that. You yeah. loved it. The entire office was in like huge uproar. Like we were like BBC in mourning about young people. <laughs> like this is a really awful thing, and like how dare they? And I was like, this is the future. Yeah, this you were the first one to way. say it, weren't you? Yeah, that television <laughs> is going online, and that's really exciting. I don't think we need to be scared of it. I think it's really a good thing you know you can make more short content we can be makers as well as creators as well as part of something bigger like but i feel like online content opens the world of makers up for other people and that can only be a good thing this is lena normington she is a 26 year old youtuber who has 33,000 subscribers and she's talking about her life online 
I'd say a blogger is yeah. like it's it's usually associated with being like a personal like you're telling your own personal story yeah. like from your own perspective it's first person narration of your own life um but outside of YouTube I think that maybe people think it's a little bit silly and it is a bit silly like they're right but everybody does silly things in their free time like yeah. I think some people are like this is Lena she has this quirky weird hobby at home where she's like an, an absolute idiot and I'm like yeah you play golf that's a stupid sport <laughs> there is this idea that perhaps the stuff that a lot of the really popular YouTubers are doing is a bit vacuous I think there's a class problem there where people who have more luxurious jobs or jobs that they view to be very academic and they've worked very hard and they have so many qualifications for it they think that everybody else should use their free time to better themselves as people and like read everything and it's like yeah that would be really great and we should all do that but look people have harder lives than you and they need to escape from them <laughs> youtube hasn't reached its full potential and i also think there's this, this arrogance that comes with youth where it's like we know everything now we made our own party yeah. you can't come it's like everyone's invited um and we're not always going to be correct about it and there's loads of stuff we've messed up on like so much stuff if you've got a consumerist mindset that i would argue has been taught to you by tv yeah you'll go to you'll go to youtube and you'll consume the same kinds of yeah content there's lots of like self-confidence vloggers and lots of booktubers and loads of other people that are making amazing content and they might not be at zoella level right now but maybe in 10 years The most viewed video of all time on YouTube is Gangnam Style by Psy with nearly two and a half billion views. So that's basically the population of India and China, the most two inhabited places on earth combined. That's everyone. <laughs> that's not like just the kids watching it. That's like the grandmas, the granddads, the mums, the dads, the babies that are too small to even click on it. They watching it as well. <laughs> So gaming YouTuber PewDiePie is the most popular YouTuber and has over 43 million subscribers. This is just a guy who sort of talks along to video games. I tried to watch some of his videos. I, ca I just can't believe it that he's so popular. We'd like to apologise to all the PewDiePie fans out there. <laughs> Isn't he a bit of a babe? <laughs> Isn't that part of it? That he's a bit of a bit... You know, the girls like him because he's a bit of a babe. Yeah, maybe. Some guys like him because he's a babe. I think that's part of their appeal though, they're, they're just like the normal gal next door and you know PewDiePie's your geeky friend who you play video games with. Yeah, 100%. And that's what's in a way refreshing about them, but then if you look at them they're both sort of white, middle class people that you it wouldn't be a far stretch for mm -hmm. them to be on traditional television. Zoella's like an international star, right? She's yeah, not yeah. just It's not like a British thing. I wonder if there's like girls in Somalia watching Zoella. Yeah, there must be. I sometimes feel a bit burnt that somebody like her or people similar might be what is representing British culture to young people around the world. Mm. Not that I think she's that bad though. I'm not like slating her yeah. in any way. She's a figure that everybody knows. So it's quite easy to be like, she's the person we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. What is her deal though? Is she nice? I don't know. Um, her videos include hair and beauty tutorials, shopping hauls, challenge videos and stuff about her and her boyfriend. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of like stuff about her life. Mm -hmm. um, some of the stuff I've seen, she's like doing makeup or she's just been shopping and she like lays out all the clothes on the bed. And she's like, I've just done this haul. This is what I've brought. And there are rules for like British YouTubers where if they're endorsing a product, if someone sent them something to vlog or they're being paid to like use something, they have to say, 
whereas American YouTubers don't have to. Right. And there was like big controversy about that because people were like, oh, these YouTubers are just as bad as TV people, <laughs> always trying to sort of sell something. We live in a kind of capitalist consumerist society. I don't think we can ever run away from those things. I really wanted it. I really wanted it to be the place where we just loved stuff that didn't have all those elements to it. Mm. We can say, obviously, there's loads of space for everybody online. And even if you're not as popular as the most popular ones, you've still got a platform, which in itself is amazing. That's a really good thing. But... The more popular you are, the more people that will see you. So we think we're having this really broad idea, you know, because one day someone will post a knitting video or a, the next day someone will post like a skateboarding dog and you'll be like, oh my God, I've just seen such a varied amount of content when the truth is you haven't. You've seen it curated by the makers of YouTube and the circles that we move in. That's it. So m- maybe you have a point actually. So I've got this vision that we're, we're seeing everything on the internet, but actually all we're doing is sharing the same things amongst our tiny little bubble which is that top 2% of YouTube, and we're not even touching the surface. Yeah. That's scary, actually. It's like the idea that the human brain has loads of parts that we haven't even accessed yet. That the internet's kind of like that, right? This, if only the stuff that people loved was, was, was making, I don't know, progress in some way. Because sometimes I feel like when you're the younger demographic, like this sort of 13 to 24 demographic that we keep talking about today... Um, is the demographic that movies cater to, mm-hmm. like all the big blockbuster movies that like music artists cater to, and all this kind of stuff that is seen by so much of the rest of the population as throwaway and a bit vacuous and kind of pop hits that they're just churning out, YouTube videos that people are just churning out, and movies that are violent and sexist. And then that, that, that demographic just regenerates itself mm. because then people grow up. And like I look back at the things that younger people are consuming now and I think I was doing that and that really damaged me or that that taught me the wrong way to be. And then they're doing it again and then they'll go up, they'll get older <laughs> and think that and then everything will be catered to that younger generation again. Like yeah. the internet needs to be a bigger space for older people as well. I think mm-hmm. we need to take take it on. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to all be part of the conversation. That's like the most brilliant point. Is I just have another point about people saying BBC Three is going online and why that would be a big problem. One of the great arguments I heard from that space was a young person who said, "Well, if BBC Three goes online, how will older like generations know what kind of stuff we're into?" Because BBC Three was seen as this bastion to represent young people, and actually old people need to know what young people are watching yeah, and yeah. consuming, and young people need to know what old people are watching and consuming. And that would make us a better and bigger society. But the internet does give you space to discover what old people are into. I, I think what are if you wanted into? to, what are old people into? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I just think about what my parents Google, you know, and the stuff that, that, that when they say, oh, I found this really great site online. And it's a lot of, uh, my dad's really into health. So yeah. he'll do a lot of, um, you know, Googling what's, what's killing him next. Uh, <laughs> you know, what medication he can and cannot take and, you know, he's always sending me emails about checking my breasts for cancer. Oh, like, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Because he's googled some scare story off the Daily Mail, and he's like, "This is mental. You're going to die." But um, what Lena was saying was like this idea that you're catering to a demographic is all wrong, and people should just be making content that they think they want to make and that means something to them. And then you just take away all the demographic stuff that really holds back traditional television. Hmm. It's It's quite a liberal idea, I guess. Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective, but surely her creating content that she wants to make, she's appealing to her own demographic because, you know... 
as much as we all like to consider ourselves individuals online sadly that's not how big companies see us you know we're just part and parcel mm. of audiences and we consume in certain ways i found out that some youtubers are like paid to make videos now through different channels there was somebody i was watching and i thought she was in her bedroom but it wasn't it was a set and she just turns up what and it was just like, I felt really duped by it. I was yeah. like really confused because I was like, this is the internet. It's always just that one guy in their bedroom with the camera. And that's why it's wonderful. And then I saw this person's bedroom and I said to someone, oh, that's a nice bedroom she's in. And they're like, no, there's a production company that makes that. And I was just so shocked. God, they're faking it now. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like that it's makes changing. Sense. It's not the infant thing it used to be. YouTube mm. used to be quite raw and quite like, I don't know quite quite just like diaries like vloggers where people yeah speaking their diaries I, I i'm not on board with youtubers i'm gonna put that out there why not i think the idea of going into your room and there's something narcissistic about it I, I, that I, is so controversial i, know, I was not expecting <laughs> to say that <laughs> i know i was yeah i mean that's definitely there's definitely some element of people thinking that they're worth hearing and talking um, yeah. And I know that that's, that is a really important thing. That's like the whole reason I do this podcast because I need to start believing that about myself. But there's just something strange in it to me. Like, why why is my opinion more important than anyone else's and why should I get the airtime and space? It's like we're conquering land. It's like yeah. we've just discovered a new country and we're we're all just turning up and pitching up tents and trying to stake a claim in what we're doing. Do you think watching those videos is good for people? As a, you know an Indian, British Indian girl who never saw those people on TV, like, now being able to see them on YouTube is, yeah, like, I wish I had that when I was younger. Yeah. And why do you say it's if it's narcissistic? Because there's something narcissistic about going in and telling stories that, that like, I'm, I frankly don't believe are appealing to, to me. Maybe, maybe when I was 13. But then some of them are. But going up to your camera and being like, I went shopping today and I snogged my boyfriend today, like, that would just, you know, if I saw that when I was 13, I think that would just make me feel a bit lonely. I didn't have any money and I didn't have a boyfriend and any new clothes like diary entries like that no but saying things like I don't know but then maybe there is space for fun and maybe that is something good that Zoella does because she gives fun you know she's just being like hey I'm just having a good time I think for us like our generation there's something like totally cringy about it yeah because we're taught like don't be so vain you look in the mirror too much you're taking too many pictures of yourself I remember being told that like as a kid yeah and I remember going into television and people there is like a weird way that people feel about people who are on screen to the people that are off screen and those are the people that are seen as maybe a bit narcissistic even though I I don't have a problem myself but I don't know maybe as a woman you're sort of told don't be so vain you're you're not that important but then youtube is just a whole different space and actually that's just bullshit because i don't actually genuinely believe that people in front of cameras believe that they're better than us but i feel like working in tv i've been sort of taught by the sorts of people that are on tv and in the kind of environment that we work in like if you work behind the scenes it's very unlikely that you're ever going to be in front of camera and if you ever say you might like to do that which I've done in the past Mm. people are really negative towards you and I've sort of like in my head I've had sort of eight years of working in this industry Mm. of just feeling like I would never be good enough to be on the screen I don't look the right way I don't sound the right way 
I'm not good enough to do it. So then when trying to do a YouTube video and you're on your own, you're like, oh shit, oh, what? <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. This is, yeah. and I do feel vain doing it. I know exactly why you say that narcissistic thing because that's how I felt doing it. Yeah. But then there's this whole kind of, all these people doing it online and I'm thinking, God, you guys are probably brilliant and I'd like to be like you. Yeah. I think you're kind of turning me around to it really because even when we, make, <laughs> when we make content for DAS that's like video content, I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I don't You want... hate seeing yourself on yeah, video I just, and I like, think you're really good on video. I really skip through all of that stuff because I just don't like it. I'm here for content like for sound bites and interesting conversations and not for how we look because I feel the second we put our faces on the internet we're judged for that before we're judged for anything that comes out of our mouths and that's a big problem being a woman online yeah I mean maybe the like the, the art of long form has died really with the internet because it gives people the chance to have the shortest attention spans mm. and now everything's like look at the thumbnail is it clickbait check out this link and it's more about, you know, just get consuming information really, really, really quickly. Clickbait is, I hate that word. It reminds me of jailbait, which is like... <laughs> I find it weird, the word clickbait, because it suggests some sort of, you know, manipulation. Like, what you're seeing isn't going to be what you click into. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why it's like, oh, you tricked me. It's, but then I feel like the internet is... You, it's just stupid people who are clickbaiting things surely now that must have passed no no i think it's everywhere clickbait is all around you i know but you know not to click on the truth behind those protein drugs or how to lose five stone oh in five God, they minutes click on those you know you can't all the time <laughs> video content that's made by other people online we can like opt in or opt out of right but what about the content we're putting out there about ourselves online? Pictures and articles, jokes and stuff that we share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let's talk social media. Is that good for us? I love, I love social media. Do Such you? Such a good word. I fucking hate it. You hate I social hate media. It. I'm on it all the time, right? Yeah. I hate it. You're on it all the time, though. Yeah. I hate myself for it daily. I'm Do like... you ever use the verb soshing? No. <laughs> And now, a fact. According to a study by the Happiness Research Institute in Copenhagen, quitting Facebook for a week improves happiness levels by 55%. That's a lot. But then now people in Copenhagen are really depressed and now they're just being, you know... I mean, that's just where the research centre is. I don't know if they all... (laughs) (laughs) If they all live there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 55%. I'd take it. This was taken from The Guardian. Right. I was like, I was interviewing somebody for a work thing the other day and she kind of walked in and she's like this really upper middle class person who has quite a fancy job and she was going oh have you given up facebook a lot of my friends are doing a facebook detox and it's like the thing we're doing now and i just was like i remember just sort of thinking you're such a dick yeah. <laughs> but like actually yeah there's research that says people are happier mm-hmm. but i feel like i might be addicted to it i'm definitely addicted to it yeah yeah absolutely but might- you don't post on facebook I'm mean, addicted just being on it. I go on it every day, maybe like five or six times a day. You're like watching everybody, but you're not Stream saying everybody. anything. I use the stream <laughs> news feed. I just use it as an information platform. I use, I take and I don't give. I'm very selfish. I want you to give. I want to know what you think. <laughs> there was a girl uh, who left Facebook quite dramatically uh, that I went to university with. She had a 
Facebook group that said, I'm leaving Facebook. So if you want to get in touch with me, let's do it in the real ways. And so on that page, she left her address and her telephone number. For letters. And she was like, if you want to get in touch with me, those are the ways to get in touch with me. Fuck Facebook, I'm done. (laughs) And it was kind of loud and proud and cool, but I just couldn't do that. I feel like I've done it when I did it when I was traveling. Oh yeah. I've done it. Tried it out. And now I'm back because I wanted to stay connected in some ways. And I missed a shitload of parties. <laughs> like, you'd meet other people and they'd be like, oh, yeah, why, where were you on the weekend? Yeah. It's like I was fucking sitting in on my own. <laughs> like, because I didn't know that things were happening. Because nobody will, people just don't really call you anymore to tell mm. you about stuff. Um, so what social media are you on? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Do you think they make you happy? No, they haven't done anything good for my mental health, I don't think, at all, which is crazy. <laughs> I think they've just made me become a little bit, I'm using the word again, but a little bit narcissistic about who I am. Yeah. I have become so much more outward looking at what everyone else is doing. I hate that sometimes even now when I meet up with friends, I get competitive over my job, my partner, where I live. I think that's stupid because I was never like that. Just ridiculous because it's like, the picture of that girl at the gym after she's just run her half marathon of her looking amazing and her like that would never be me that's not what I look like yeah and I would never look like that after a you know marathon I wouldn't fucking run one so why <laughs> why am I aspiring to be someone that I'm just not like there's still this idea online of like if I see you in like leggings and gym get up I'm just hashtagging bullshit underneath <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think you, they, like, the internet creates aspirational people, you know. Not just your Facebook and Twitter, the internet creates them. And then they're perpetuated, there's myths that continue perpetuated by people that you know, mm. being like, yeah, I'm doing this great selfie, like this, looking like this, I've been to this party, I'm at rooftop parties. That is, I'm sorry, but that is the cliche summer thing to be doing <laughs> with your life. But I'm gonna say, as a, as a Facebook, t- Twitter, and Instagram friend of yours, your life looks pretty fucking cool from the outside. <laughs> uh-huh. Of course, it's carefully curated. That's what everyone does, right? I mean, it's sad. It's true, right? Well, you just, you control the bad shit. So there's certain things that I just won't let go on my timeline. And things yeah, like, yeah. But I don't really fucking know why. Why am I so self-conscious of it? Because who's looking? I made a cheesecake once and it got more likes than my engagement photos of me and Jimmy after we got <laughs> engaged. <laughs> it was just like a standard cheesecake. <laughs> Took a picture of it. And oh my god, it was like a few hundred likes. People were like, Charlie. loads of people commenting underneath. And I was like, I should just be baking all day long. I figured it out. I've got your PR for you right now. What you're going to do is you're going to be the baking activist. <laughs> you're going to bake a cake every week and you're going to do a blog post every week. Just before Christmas this year, I got a phone that would take selfies. And my personal appearance has changed a lot. But like I'm dressing better. I'm like looking after my hair better wearing a bit more makeup here and there like my whole image has kind of changed i mean i don't know if you've noticed (laughs) (laughs) i mean i have been watching (laughs) no but like if you think about me from like a couple of years ago Mm. i think i look quite different now and i think it might be down to the fact that i've got a forward facing camera camera wow maybe maybe isn't that awful is it? But then... It's not like I didn't have a mirror before. I knew what I looked like before. But like now I'm really concerned about that. And Instagram is like killing me. Like 
Oh, because I'm just no, like, why am great I online? Just... <laughs> no, but that, I don't look great. Like, why am I doing that? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be that person. No, but that's kind of nice because I think it shows that you're giving a shit about yourself and that's nice. Yeah. Like, the whole vanity argument sometimes I find a bit, bit false. I feel like it kind of, I don't know, I think as, as a woman, you're so often told, I don't know, by randoms in the street that you're ugly <laughs> or, or like you're a slut. People want to put you down. They even want to be like, you're beautiful, or they want to call you ugly. Yeah. Sometimes in the same sentence, everyone seems to be rating you. So mm. for somebody to feel proud of the way they look is actually quite revolutionary. You're actually then looking in the mirror and be like, I like that person that's looking back at me. And I'm okay with that person to be online, looking back into the world and being like, fuck you, I feel great, I look great, and I'm okay with it. Like, I'm definitely not there yet. I would never ever take a selfie and put it online. I have never. I've done never that. seen a selfie. I, I would have never done that. Do I would never do ever it for do Das. <laughs> Ruby's first selfie. <laughs> the online world, like most of the rest of the world, is kind of dominated by celebrities and people who have loads of followers. Is it fair that they get such a big following? I think you have to like not see the internet as existing in some sort of vacuum outside of the real world, right? The real world. So, you know, Kim Kardashian has more fans in the real world and than you on Twitter as well. You know, like, it will, <laughs> it will, always, it will always be like that. Um, but yeah. Fucking Kim. <laughs> I think it's shit that, like, can't she just, I mean, you know, Kim Kardashian's a bad example, but, you, you know, can't these people just have their spaces in their field and the internet be a bit more of an open playing field? And I, I kind of agree with you. It's not. And it's, it's not fair. No, I don't think it is. You know when uh, Emma Watson did the UN speech, Mm -hmm. when it came out, my initial reaction was, oh, but we were doing feminism already. Obviously, she has shone such a huge light onto everything, and I absolutely love her. And I watched the video about six times in a row and cried, Mm -hmm. because that's who I am. But I remember kind of initially being like, oh no, but we were talking about that. But no one was listening to us. And now you've spoken about that. And everyone's listening. Yeah. And I had to sort of get off my high horse a little bit and be like, no, this is a good thing. It's a good thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when somebody who's so famous will do something or say something, it's like they're the first person. To- and I guess you're right. There were people talking about the Gurkhas before Joanna Lumley. Absolutely. But maybe it's not the order. We <laughs> were talking about Joanna Lumley and the Gurkhas. I love Joanna Lumley and the Gurkhas. But you're maybe, right. <laughs> maybe it's not the order with which these things happen, as yeah. in she said it first. But the fact that we're all contributing to this one movement together and you might not know, but the fact that you posted something on, about Emma Watson from your personal blog or you mentioned it, yeah, she's now connecting you to a whole range of audiences that are like, oh, this person talked about Emma Watson. I love Emma Watson. Oh, it's Charlie Bray. It's Recognised Spin. This is a good blog. And went to read it from that. I don't know if they did. But you have no idea. You have no idea. Because yeah. you don't, we don't know how the internet works. We don't know who's watching and seeing what we do. Yeah. It's like, it's, the internet is kind of like you've been given an invisibility pl- pass to just walk around. Because it is the real world, like the internet. We talk about the virtual world and the real world, but they are the same thing. You get to be invisible if you want to be. But you're like, you're on there watching everybody. Mm. And I always kind of feel like, what if somebody looked through like my search history, what I'm looking up? Because sometimes yeah. I just look up weird stuff mm. that I want to know about, like celebrities, height and weight. that I don't want people to know that I'm looking up this stuff and I'm sort of like kind of stalking people not stalking people kind of I sometimes I go quite deep down like a rabbit hole on somebody oh absolutely yeah I I did a full in-depth research study on 
how, what would be the process of getting sterilized out of complete curiosity? And I just think anyone who's looking at my Google history is like, what the fuck are you looking at? You you thinking that you're not present online or being present, it's it's all, you just, you never know. Like, for example, yeah. I came out of quite a long-term relationship last year and uh, he, like, liked a very old picture of me. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. You know? And there's something really cringe about that and I felt a bit sorry for him, really, because he's just done that so publicly. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there was suddenly, like, shit, I wonder how many times he's looked through pictures of me. Yeah. And how many times I've looked through pictures of him. I look through pictures of people I shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. It's bad. But first, let me take a selfie. I'd like to talk about women and the internet. Research from the Harvard Business Review found that users are more likely to follow men than women on Twitter. Men are twice as likely to be retweeted than women. There have been various studies set up where people make two Twitter accounts that are exactly identical to each other except the fact that one is a man and one is a woman and they found that not only is a man more popular but they were engaged and listened to whereas women were questioned more and abused how does that make you feel scared and and it definitely explains why i'm not online that much <laughs> there's a story this week in the paper of the um Labour MP who spoke openly on Twitter about her sexual assault and received 600 rape threats in an evening. That's crazy. Yeah. God, what's wrong with people? It's the internet. If you give people, if you give people a platform on the internet, you have to give everyone a platform. Yeah. You have to take the bad and the new. What do you think about regulation? Do you think there should be? Um. Oh, that's the question. I think there should be. I quite like a bit of regulation. I think when you're dealing with things like rape threats, like we've got to keep people safe. And that, that's got to be the priority. And people say it's like political correctness or taking away people's freedom of speech. It's like, is somebody's freedom of speech to threaten somebody with sexual violence more important than someone's freedom to feel safe? Mm. I don't think it is, to be honest. Yeah. On that note, it's time for a definition. The definition of an internet troll. In internet slang, a troll is a person who sows discord on the internet by starting arguments or upsetting people by posting inflammatory or off-topic messages in an online community. So that's somebody that is coming after you just to get at you Mm -hmm. rather than somebody who's disagreeing with you. And I think that's really important because sometimes people are like, oh internet trolls and you're like no hang on they just kind of disagreed with what you were saying troll is such an interesting thing isn't it because when someone mentions a troll to me i still think about those trolls from the 90s with the big hair like on the end of a pen yeah yeah why are they called like why that why where that word has come from because they're, they're giving those trolls a really bad reputation <laughs> <laughs> those, those trolls were cute they had great hair they had gems in their belly button they were doing nothing wrong <laughs> often naked <laughs> But, like, I suppose, like, trolls, they live under bridges. They don't let you pass. They're mean to you. Right. So it's like the bully, isn't it? Okay, they don't let you pass. That's good. Yeah. Should we feed the trolls, Ruby? I think we have to, yeah. I think I was kind of agreeing with what you were saying earlier when you said that um, you thought you were doing something right if you kind of ruffled some feathers. And that's what it's about. That's what a lot of activism is about. That's what your voice is about. 
you know, if we all sat there just loving the status quo and, you know, not changing anything and not wanting to push any buttons, then yeah, it would be a boring world with no progress. So yes, we absolutely should, uh, you know, making people think. So yeah, I think we, we kind of should. So we should answer them back. When they send us a message that said, like, you, you post an article about feminism and about women not being paid as much as men, and they say women don't deserve as much money as men, they deserve to be raped, should you answer them? Uh, yes, I do. I think I've seen, like, Laurie Penny do it quite well. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of online abuse. She gets tons of it. Yeah. And I've seen her react on Twitter in such a powerful, mature kind of you know she she comes at it from such a brilliant way that if you can do it in a lorry just just like copy lorry penny do it that way <laughs> have you ever personally been ashamed or trolled for something like a picture you've put online because it's quite a uh, kind of an image-based place the internet mm-hmm. is it a double-edged sword for women yeah i think that's what have has been commented about me the most uh, and why i'm quite a shy online user is probably because the things that have been tweeted about me would be have been about the way I look. Really? Rather than anything I've said. What would they say, though? Oh, I don't know. Just, like, weird shit. I got a couple, I got a couple of, like, random Indian messaging stuff that was a bit, like, salacious. What does salacious mean? Oh, I don't know. Just, like, you know, kind of... You keep like shimmying your hips. Like, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I think it just means like you know people being a bit crude. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I've had some like crude comments. I'd say I had a year where I didn't shave to test it out, see how long my armpit hair and leg hair would grow, and that ruffled quite a few feathers. And people would just send me pictures of like their cock. Yeah, I love it. You look great. And then other people would be like, "That's that's fucking disgusting. You're yeah. dirty." it's a horrible place but I feel like I was kind of being a bit inflammatory because I was kind of like what do you think about this guys mm-hmm. but really I wanted to be like ladies how do you feel about this how do you feel about your body hair how do you feel about the social pressures but you just get a fuckload of Men. cock pictures and people telling you you're ugly and disgusting <laughs> I have never received a dick pic have you not? no we'll sort that out <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some calls in if anyone wants to send me a dick pic, uh, it's, on te- it's actually really scary, is it? I I found it really scary. And one time, I retweeted one because I didn't mean to, but I got, someone was like, um, "I think armpit hair on women is beautiful," and sent me a picture of their penis. And I was out and about, and my three G wasn't working very well, and I couldn't see the picture. So I was like, oh, thanks. Retweet. And I had to delete it. <laughs> That's amazing. Don't, don't retweet praise. <laughs> Never that retweet That just throws me off of being vain. 